Welcome to this episode of the From Sunday to Sunday podcast, a ministry of Rock of Hope Church and Pastor Aaron, designed to help the listener apply the scriptures in a meaningful, concrete, practical way throughout the week. The basis for the content of each episode comes from the weekly preaching passage at Rock of Hope Church and the associated psalm used for the congregational reading, which for the week of Easter and Resurrection Sunday, April 4th, were 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and Psalm 148. Therefore, the listener might find it helpful to pause the podcast here and read these passages, 1 Corinthians 15 and Psalm 148, before continuing. The title for this week's episode is The Hope of the Resurrection. May we be a people who live in the hope of the resurrection. Let's pray together toward that end. For the prayer for this episode, I will read a devotional prayer from the Valley of Vision, a collection of Puritan prayers titled Resurrection. O God of my exodus, great was the joy of Israel's sons when Egypt died upon the shore, far greater the joy when the Redeemer's foe lay crushed in the dust. Jesus strides forth as the victor, conqueror of death, hell, and all opposing might. He bursts the bands of death, tramples the power of darkness down, and lives forever. He, my gracious surety, apprehended for payment of my debt, comes forth from the prison house of the grave, free and triumphant over sin, Satan, and death. Show me herein the proof that his vicarious offering is accepted, that the claims of justice are satisfied, that the devil's scepter is shivered, and that his wrongful throne is leveled. Give me, Lord, the assurance that in Christ I died, in him I rose, in his life I live, in his victory I triumph, and in his ascension I shall be glorified. Adorable Redeemer, thou who wast lifted up upon a cross, art ascended to highest heaven. Thou who as man of sorrows wast crowned with thorns, art now as Lord of life, wreathed with glory. Once, no shame more deep than thine, no agony more bitter, no death more cruel. Now, no exultation more high, no life more glorious, no advocate more effective. Thou art in the triumph car, leading captive thine enemies behind thee. What more could be done than thou hast done? Thy life is my life, thy resurrection my peace, thy ascension my hope, thy prayers my comfort. Amen. Now in the resurrection, Jesus established his dominion over all things and now reigns as the king of kings. In 1 Corinthians 15.26, Paul called death the final enemy to be defeated. And when Jesus arose in power, victorious from the grave, he conquered death and its root in sin and thus rendered sin and death powerless. He claimed dominion over death. Consequently, Paul proclaimed that death is swallowed up in victory. The reverberations of this victory of the king over death extend to all creation. For example, the prophet Daniel states that even the unrighteous will rise resurrected, albeit to shame or disgrace and contempt. We see this in Daniel 12.2. We see several New Testament examples of this holistic resurrection in John 5.29 and Matthew 24.15, among other places. However, the righteous experience the full impact of the resurrection, its glory. 
And Paul claims that those who died to sin but now live to God through the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ, exist as dead to sin and now live as instruments of righteousness before God. You see that in Romans 6. Furthermore, after Paul finishes his magnificent discourse in 1 Corinthians 15 on the victory of Christ in the resurrection, he concludes with a brilliant statement that sums up the present impact of the resurrection on the life of all the brethren. And he concludes in the final verse of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as he knew that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Because Christ rose resurrected, Paul exhorts all of God's people to remain steadfast and unmovable from the foundation of the gospel. Since the resurrection established the validity and the essentiality of the gospel, those who establish themselves by faith upon the good news ought to remain steadfast and unmovable from that firm foundation. It's a good foundation. It's the only foundation. So stay there. In addition, those who believe by faith in the sufficient work of Christ, Paul says, always ought to abound in the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord means any work the Lord intends as good and profitable for the kingdom. On occasion, I hear people speak of pastoral ministry or missions as the Lord's work. And no doubt the work of the Lord includes these roles, but the work of the Lord extends far beyond these roles to anything that the righteous carry out in Christ according to the kingdom. Consider the full extent of the work that the Lord Jesus carried out while he walked upon this earth. He accomplished many simple acts of generosity, mercy, goodness, and kindness, all the Lord's work. We follow suit, carrying out works of generosity, mercy, goodness, and kindness, and so many other things. And since we carry out this work as resurrected people, our, our work remains. That is, our work actually accomplishes eternally valuable results as its results last into eternity. Sometimes our work seems unprofitable or unproductive, and no doubt our work involves frustration. Paul refers to our work of the Lord as labor. Labor meaning work that involves significant toil and struggle. But in Christ, according to the resurrection, any work of the Lord brings good ends, and good ends that last. Therefore, our work of the Lord is not in vain. So the resurrection transforms our view of the labors, the work, the works that we carry out in this life unto the Lord. In addition, the resurrection transforms the attitude that God's people ought to bear upon life. The first Peter in uh, Peter in 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 5 said, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The Apostle Peter declares that the resurrection birthed us into a living hope meaning the hope in which we live and exist and carry out the purposes of this life. We live in hope. Hope serves as the very thing which marks and inhabits our lives. And we possess this living hope because in the resurrection, we obtain a sure, eternal, 
inheritance protected by the very power of God by faith. No doubt this world brings struggles. But in the resurrection, God places us into a living hope, which we bring to bear upon the world in all our work. And God's people need to approach this work from that perspective, lest we forget hope and turn hopeless. This week, continue in the resurrection prayer. The prayer I read at the beginning, asking of the Lord that he grants you the assurance of the resurrection and an understanding of its ramifications. What are the ramifications of the resurrection, especially as it relates to the work that you carry out every day? Furthermore, spend some time determining the Lord's work. Search the scriptures to understand what constitutes the Lord's work. Simply, as you read the scriptures, look to see what God desires to occur upon the earth. That's the Lord's work. And then orient the work of your days to that work of the Lord. Any person with a job, vocation, career, a position as a caretaker of a household, and any unpaid responsibility, such as a mother, father, spouse, son, or daughter, has the opportunity to do the work of the Lord in their daily tasks. Essentially, every Christian has the possibility to do the work of the Lord in their daily tasks. So understand the work of the Lord and abound in the work of the Lord and persevere in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Finally, test your attitude. Does your attitude or your emotional posture toward life and the daily work reflect the reality that through the resurrection, assuming you have entrusted yourself by faith through the work of Christ to God, does your posture toward life and the daily work reflect the reality that through the resurrection you have been born again or begotten into a living hope, a hope that lives and exists and constitutes your life upon this earth? Beloved, King Jesus rose victorious, resurrected from the grave, conquering the power of sin and death. May we live in such a manner that truly reflects the hope of such a magnificent, glorious, and impactful resurrection. My prayers are with you. Grace and peace.